Hi, this is Alice Lai. Hi, this is Molly Curran. And this welcome... is Story Guts. Oh, oh yeah. You Oops. do it this time. Uh, okay. Where we talk about uh, what we t- talk about stories. Talk about, no, wait. Say about. Where, where we explore what the stories we tell. Oh, where we explore what the stories we tell. Tell about us. Yeah, this is. There um, you go. I was quite, kind of. I was like, oh, you know, Molly's got this. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll stick to doing it for the, the time being. Okay, I'll let you know. I'll let you know when I want to take over. I'll let you know. I was like, put me in, coach. <laughs> I can finally remember our podcast tagline after four episodes. Um, <laughs> okay, so do you want do you want to announce the theme, or do you want? Well, I mean, or do you want me to announce it? Like, we can't keep it under the under wraps. Under wraps. Under wraps because it's mummies. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's because uh, of the mummy. Yeah. The, okay. the mummy. Uh, no, uh, actually, we're going to be talking about vampires, another um, sort of classic monster from media. Um, and we're just kind of going to talk about there's a lot. There's a lot of vampires in media. We're probably going to miss some, like, major examples because Absolutely. we can't you like, know remember them all <laughs> have you seen blade like i don't ha- i haven't seen blade i've never seen blade that's like a major one everyone's like come yeah. on why did you talk about blade and i'll be like yeah. i'm sorry or okay i was gonna say buffy but you're definitely covering buffy <laughs> yeah yeah um but there's there's stuff like okay i've never read dracula yeah actually that's like a pretty big one like neither of us have read dracula we can probably like comment somewhat on <clears throat> wasn't there something about like the first vampire was like a woman like it's something lesbian uh, oh something? carmilla yeah carmilla so carmilla was a, a, a i again not a book i've read though i did watch the youtube uh <laughs> like retelling retelling um of the in sponsored by a tampon company i don't know what and that's too obvious oh my god it, it was though um yeah <laughs> I was like I, I don't know what to tell you it was <laughs> sure um so yeah anyway there'll be some there'll be some gaps i think um but mm. the what I, where i wanted to start was i wanted to ask you alice um what sort of is your first maybe not your first memory of like the concept of vampire i feel like that probably started you know halloween or something as a child but uh-huh. um but sort of like where the sort of fictional entity of a of a vampire kind of started to coalesce for you in in media or in some sort of movie or oh, book man. or something well i think i think like vampires as as like we kind of understand them to be like blood sucking blah, blah blah that was terry pratchett but i realized that the first thing of vampires was vanicula the child's oh, book oh my god about the vampire bunny that like sucked all the juice out of vegetables. Okay, I never read this, so please tell me more. I vaguely recall the cover. I think it scared me. So, I mean, yeah, I I actually don't remember anything about the book other than like a few details. I think the cover was like like a spooky bunny with like fangs or something. But the story was just like maybe maybe honestly I don't remember anything about it. Maybe it was like they were like oh this bunny vampire is gonna suck our blood. But then they realize, oh, it doesn't suck our blood. It sucks, like, the blood of vegetables. So, like, they find, like, pure white carrots or something. Because all, like... Oh, see, I just always assumed that Vanicula sucked human blood. Right. And maybe... The... Okay. I let's... guess that would be a little alarming for children. Right. Well, <laughs> that would be pretty alarming. That would be pretty intense, like, as a child's book, just sort of, like, teaching you to fear everything. Yeah. Um... It's like you're, even your cute, fluffy bunny, it could be a blood-sucking monster. Right, and I think, like, does the count, like, actually, I'd, I'm not sure how much Sesame Street I watched, but, like, yeah, the count doesn't count, because the count just counts. Um, well, he's a vampire. I mean, he's definitely a, a He's a, a vampire, vampire, but, like, he's I, I a vampire. I don't know blood he sucks, but he's a, he's a vampire. He's sort of built on the sort of classic Dracula uh, stereotype, right, of the Transylvanian accent and the right. um, slicked back hair. Obsessive counting. 
Um, just like a lot of count, counting the, puns. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm kind of stuck on this. Stuck on the counting. Stu- yeah, I'm stuck on the counting. Um, okay, but I think I think one of the the, the so I think there's like this book called Carpe Jugulum or Jugulum. Um, is this Terry Pratchett? Terry Pratchett, yeah, okay. which is about like um, uh, kind of like a twist on like a vampire family that moves into like the the like the country of Lanker, where like a bunch of witches are sort of like these are not good people vampires are not good people i think it's interesting just looking at the this world series because like for for much of its run there's kind of like this philosophical like concept of like there's no way for someone to be a vampire without um like being inherently monstrous there's another book i remember reading where it's sort of like the if you woke up and you found out you were a vampire kind of the lodge like any good person would immediately kill themselves i'm not sure i completely agree like Obviously, you're like, if I woke up and somehow I knew it was a vampire, like, I don't know, like, I threw open the blinds. I was like, oh, God. Um, I like, I want to test the parameters, right? I'd be like, oh, does pork blood work? Does it have to be fresh blood? Like, do vampires already exist, right? If you, if you woke up and you're a vampire, you're like, I'm like, not the first vampire. Yeah, like, who recently bit me? Right, who recently <laughs> bit me? Is this like some, like, you know, one of those, like, alt vampire novels where like eating the wrong fruit can turn you into a vampire right there's a lot of questions here um okay i'm getting off topic but yeah so so it's just sort of like this idea of like vampires as kind of like fundamentally irredeemably evil but like Mm -hmm. but but like it depends on the parameters of like vampirehood like what um like what are the conditions like you know if you can drink animal blood it's probably you're like you're probably off the hook, kind of. Um, if you can drink human blood and you don't, like, turn every person you drink from into another vampire, you're also, or like... Or kill them. Or kill them, right? Like, you know, there's, like, the whole, like, my insatiable... Like, you know, I was trying to just have, like, a, like a little bit. I was trying to have just one sip. And the next thing I know, I'm, like, wait... <laughs> I'm waking up in the morning with blood all over me. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. How about you, Molly? What are your first so- class... I think, um, I mean, my first first is probably something like Scooby-Doo. Scooby-Doo with the ghoul school, I think. Uh, <laughs> right. They, they, uh, they're like the teachers. They become the teachers of like the daughter of Dracula and the daughter of Frankenstein's monster. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> uh, so I'm sure that probably was something. I think the, the vampire in that one turned into a bat. Like, I think it was sort of the classic bat turning into uh Bat mist? Did it vampire. turn into mist? I don't think mist. I think bat. I think it's like, um, bat is like, yeah, bat and mist. But, which I feel like is a, um, something that's really fallen off in, uh, <laughs> in, in popular vampire representation now. But really, I mean, my first like major exposure to vampires was definitely uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I started watching the show. I mean, I was young. It was still airing, probably in its like f- fourth season when I started watching. Um, wow! So that would have been two thousand, two thousand one, maybe. Um, I'm not entirely sure, but I, I I watched it while it was on the air. It was pretty scary um, for for a. Uh, 11 12 year old um but also very very um formative but i think i think what buffy did and i i'm sure it wasn't the first to do this but i think it was probably one of the more influential ones Uh was to sort of um begin with with sort of the assumption oh vampires are evil vampires are the enemy the main character she is a vampire slayer that's her job like um (laughs) But the show sort of immediately becomes invested in the potential humanity or um, complexity, moral complexity of vampires, um, mm-hmm. sort of sparking off the the very popular trend of sort of the strong heroine who is falls in love with the dangerous vampire who is so attracted to her and their love is forbidden <laughs> um uh-huh. but uh 
Yeah. So, but I think I think that in terms of like vampire lore, I feel like a lot of my understanding came from Buffy. A lot of the uh, how you become a vampire, which is you, the vampire drinks your blood, and then you have to drink their blood. Um, the stake through the heart. Uh, the in in Buffy, uh, when when vampires are killed, they like turn into ash or like dust, um, uh-huh. which. I still just seems the most natural to me. Like it's weird to me when I see a vampire <laughs> thing and they just like are a body that like uh, <laughs> just like falls down. And you're like, oh, I have to like bury this body now. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know, like, Buffy. That's... Buffy, it might have just been for convenience because she was going around like staking vampires, like ten of them a night. So if she had to bury all those bodies <laughs> all the time too, it'd been a little rough. Um, <laughs> but... <laughs> Uh, and I think, so I think the central idea in Buffy, and I could be getting this a little wrong, uh-huh. but I think the idea of what vampires are is that they're um, sort of demons that mm-hmm. are uh, inhabiting a dead body, but they have all the, they don't have a soul. That's very crucial. They don't have souls. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have all the memories of sort of the person that they the human that they were mm-hmm. but um they they kind of take on their own personality once they right become a vampire um so one of the major characters in buffy is angel who got his own spinoff who was a vampire with a soul um mm-hmm. and that was sort of like a crucial he was cursed with a soul and um like one of the things he constantly had to try to avoid was like losing his soul because if he lost his soul again then it would Make him like... into a horrific killer. Um, right. Okay. Interesting. Um, yeah. So that's, um, and you can see echoes of that sort of thing. I think also um, in I'll talk about the Vampire Diaries probably later, and I think you see an echo of that. Except in that case, it's they have they have sort of like humanity that they can turn off. It's like an emotion switch that they can choose to turn off, and then that's when they become these like brutal killers. Right. Um, but it seems like that's sort of a crucial thing that um, came out, maybe came out of Buffy, that there could be sort of like this really complex humanity, but that any at any moment, sort of if something goes wrong, the vampire could become this killing machine. Like the mm-hmm. the, the constant sense of danger is really right. Right. Uh, there's there's crucial. a sense of like you a vampire might be okay, but once a vampire, it's like you know runs low on blood or like becomes you know. Mm-hmm. the thirst over like you know that they can't s- stop the thirst right um i mean and i mean do you think i i think but do you think that's part of what is the sort of uh sexual <laughs> appeal of of vampires i mean there is this sort of long history of seeing vampires as these uh sexually alluring uh forces that tempt uh, women primarily, uh-huh. uh, and and I, I don't know if like and I don't know if that's a sort of male fear of um, like with Dracula like is that like a male fear of sort of like the foreigner um, mm-hmm. that then sort of got repeated and repeated and became a female romantic fantasy for some like I mean I don't want to be like. Let's immediately discuss Twilight, but like <laughs> Twilight, uh, uh-huh. um, but or Buffy, or um, I mean, Rice, Buffy right. was the creation of a man, and you know a lot of the writers and producers were men. But it, I mean, it's under undeniably like a, I don't want to say feminist. I hesitate to call really any piece of television feminist, but um, a, a female centric and mm-hmm. like very resonant piece of media with a lot of women um mm-hmm. anyway i kind of got away from there but <laughs> but yeah like the 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 sort of the the inherent power dynamics of the the vampire human relationship the male vampire the mm-hmm. and the the female human right i mean i think that that's something that's so that's yeah it's very interesting it's like you know you know is it about the promise of eternal life right that's that's always that always comes in it's like i don't want to lose my humanity but i do but living forever sounds great um there's like the sexual appeal like usually it's like yeah like sex is a part of it um 
there's a there's a lot of like the whole like oh my god you smell so delicious and it's like maybe less the uh, Transylvania you smell so delicious <laughs> uh, kind of thing <laughs> seems uh, like yeah sorry gone <laughs> no 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 you're 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 right though I mean there's like a real conflation of uh, I mean and it's it's a understandable conflation I feel like this is something that we see a lot in media and sort of the way that uh that food and eating and stuff can be sensual but it can also be um sort of representative of the consumption of a woman's body so i think mm-hmm. you see a lot of uh you know the drinking of of blood is this very like sort of sexual um or it can be very sexual very sensual um while simultaneously mm-hmm. being you know incredibly violent and and dangerous and hurtful um i mean there's there's a reason when you look at sort of like you know posters for different um you know vampire things or different art you know it's like men sort of caressing women's necks or having their mouths on women's necks um Mm -hmm. and it's not like it's not like oh she just got such a nice neck like it's it's because like that's where her blood is nice (laughs) neck lady um yeah and I think, yeah, I think it's it's interesting, like, this, um, especially when you talk about, I guess it's, like, the now, like, very maligned uh, para, I forget what the term is, like, paranormal romance, mm-hmm. paranatural romance, um, where it's, like, a, it's, like, control, it's, like, you know, a sense of, like, where women can explore their, uh, this kind of attractiveness stuff in, like, a safe fictional environment, where it's, like, it's, it's an environment where they're in control and as such, like, they're in control, so they can, like, you know, create the situation where they're they're not in control, but they have control. Um, well, I mean, not, yeah, like, not to, not to sort of talk, talk Twilight. Um, I mean, we could talk Twilight, I just... Right. No, I, no, I mean, I think... I, mean, I, think I just didn't want to immediately go to, God, Twilight. I mean, it's not, you know, 2010, it seems. I just don't want to be like, Twilight... What an abomination right. unto like, literature. What does it mean like, for women? Uh, yeah. What does Twilight it's mean a little, uh, for women? A little done. Um, <laughs> um, but I think it's it's interesting, like, we're, that you sort of were on this topic of, you know, um, vampire sexuality. Because I think it's, it's interesting looking at the kind of diverging, uh, like, the different, like, what vampires represent, I guess. Like, there's a lot of people talking about... Um, like vampires represent a fear of fear of the literally blood sucking elite, um, or there's like there's like some books I've I've seen which sort of um, explore explore the more like science fictional fantasy version of sci-fi or, or of vampires where they kind of discard the sexy vampire part and you know and just sort of focus on like um, what would have been with like you know what yeah it was like we're, we're just gonna like you know just just sort of put our own spin on vampires um do you which, have any examples yeah, yeah. or yeah i'm trying like i know that uh echopraxia which not Echopraxia, blind sight which is a really good book by um peter watts that i i like a lot and i would recommend if you like hard sci-fi um has this pretty interesting idea of vampires as like vampires did exist um they're kind of the apex predators of humans except they had like this kind of glitch in their brain where they saw if they saw right angles in the like they would have a seizure and like this was perfectly fine and like before people started building things because right angles are fairly rare in nature um but then they like basically almost instantly died out once people like figured out uh construction but like oh is that why crosses yeah because crosses are like Uh... just like they have like a million right angles um so like those those were like extremely effective so basically the story starts with like they they find like basically aliens are approaching the planet they're like not sure what they are they they send a crew of like just very like a crack crew of people plus one vampire who like they've they've resurrected from the dead like they figure out how to like make vampires again they like the vampire has to like take medicine every like you know x number of hours to, to suppress like the um they call it like the euclidean dysfunction or something but yeah like so that you know it doesn't have a seizure um he doesn't have a seizure when he sees right angles um and it's like it's an interesting you know like there's a lot of like i think in sci-fi there's a lot of like oh how can i make like vampires quote-unquote work um so 
Yeah, and I think that's like that's like kind of, you know, and then and there's like the apex predator. I think there's one memorable moment where, um, like, this guy walks in and the vampire's like contemplating basically like a grave of like screaming faces, um, and then the vampire's like, oh yeah, sorry about this. It's like you know, it's it's like basically like you know, a person's like you know like your how your hardwire just kind of see faces in objects, um, like my brain just sort of like. It's just, you know, way more natural for me to withdraw information from this, like, you know, grid of screaming human faces, you know, and uh, then for, like, then to look at, like, a bar graph or a spreadsheet. And the guy is like, yeah, cool. Um, that's real <laughs> neat. i uh, see you later. <laughs> that's real neat. Um, <laughs> so, so I think that's, yeah, like, this kind of, like predator and then humanity is like oh yeah we, we're totally unsurprisingly like it's it's kind of like a not not really a plot in that one but part of it is sort of like was it really a good idea to bring back like humanity's only natural predator and like sort of assume that we've got a whole and like you know mm-hmm. yeah um i think there's another one where i think it's someone uh, charles strauss which i i'm not i wouldn't necessarily recommend his books like they're extremely pulpy i feel like if you want urban fantasy you can do better but aside from that, there's one where I think he he was he was like constructing this idea of like a vampire without loopholes, um, or like for very few loopholes. Like this idea, like you know, you're like oh, we can drink animal blood, or we can drink like, you know, blood bank stuff. So in his in his fiction, uh, when you drink, when a vampire drinks the blood of, uh, they actually like cause accelerated mental decay. There's like some kind of like psychic link between like the blood and like the brain of the person they're drinking from. So basically when they drink someone's blood they basically cause like early onset um like alzheimer's or something like they just like uh instantly like destroy like so there and there's like no really way to get around it um i think the way they try to do it is um the agency finds like comatose like basically people who are about to be like the plug is about to be pulled on them because there's like no hope for them and that's like how they kind of find a quote-unquote ethical way of sustaining the life of a vampire but like the guy feels still feels like pretty shitty about it um yep i don't know i mean this is <laughs> yeah this is, and i think there was like um yeah and then there was this one graphic novel i think which i think was called it sucks where like basically a vamp it's like the modern set in the modern world um it's told from a viewpoint of a vampire thrall whose master is like his conve- his like he works a convenience store and his boss is someone who like turned him and like basically has and it's just sort of like aha like i'm your master now now work in this convenience store like from sunset to sunrise for free and it's like this really sucks <laughs> like this is like the worst um <laughs> but yeah anyways fun times um well okay so that sort of the the sort of looking for some sort of quote-unquote scientific way to explain um vampires reminds me of um there's a series of books or a trilogy i think it's called the all souls trilogy by deborah harkness and i've only read the first book so hmm, the first book is called the discovery of witches um <laughs> and uh it's it's sort of centrally about a romance between a a forbidden romance between a powerful witch and a an ancient vampire um and the the witch is a historian um she like studies the history of alchemy or something and the vampire is a scientist um and he studies genetics um and his like secret project that he's working on is that he's trying to understand the sort of genetic um or like the dna of uh mm-hmm. of of vampires and then also of witches and also of demons which also exist in this world and sort of like are they separate species are they related to humans are do they have a common ancestor like basically it's like what is the evolutionary history <laughs> um and this book is very interesting to me because it's um like, in a lot of ways, it feels like a book written, like, in response to Twilight. Mm-hmm. It's got a lot of similar dynamics, um, but sort of where you would have criticisms of Twilight, it sort of 
provide something different. Like if the characters are, um, you know, professional adults and not sort of like silly teenagers. Um, I love silly teenagers personally, but, (laughs) um, and for the record, um, and, uh, the, the sort of female lead isn't sort of this helpless, um, damsel, but a very, very powerful witch who kind of still is a helpless damsel because she can't access her magic, but she's like trying to learn how. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's just like a lot of sort of like ways that it, it, it felt like it was, it was playing with a lot of the um, vampire romance conventions that maybe were mm-hmm. popularized with Twilight. Um, and maybe that's not true. Maybe that's not fair of me to compare them. Um, but that was just kind of the vibe that I got. Yeah. Um, but then it had this like added component. Um, I mean, it had a lot of added components. It added a lot of <laughs> historical things and basically just like they threw a lot of spaghetti at the wall and a mm-hmm. lot of it stuck. Um, Cause it's, there's Knights Templar involved and uh, ancient manuscripts and like the o- Oxford's library system and just a ton of things. Aquaman. The <laughs> Aquaman. Yeah. And Aquaman. Merman. Pretty much, you know, probably, honestly, could happen. Even- eventually, Merman. Shockingly, no werewolves so far. Um, but yeah, the scientific component was the thing that I thought was the most interesting in a way, but also probably the most, uh, like, is the writer getting in over her head here? Um, mm-hmm. Because at a certain point when you want to start explaining all this sort of DNA and genetics and, like, breaking it down to the point where it's all sort of explicable um does it stop do you stop having uh sort of suspension of disbelief right like if Uh i'm just like vampires are magic i can just be like okay Mm -hmm. but if you're trying to be like vampires evolved in this particular way and this and this and this i feel like i'm more likely to be like hmm i don't know a lot about science but this doesn't (laughs) sound right (laughs) no i'm I'm not i'm not a fancy scientist like you but (laughs) I'm not completely positive your your unif- your your family tree is <laughs> computes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know, and I feel like I don't know if I've seen that exact sort of um, like so explicit. Like, what is the DNA? Like, what? <laughs> What's what the deal the, with vampires? I, like, like the the mitochondrial RNA something something of vampires. Mm-hmm. Um, Though I think, I think vampires probably, in the way that zombies have become sort of increasingly medicalized, mm-hmm. um, you know what I mean? Like increasingly sort of representative of this fear of contagion and infection. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I could see vampires continuing on that path, um, except I think vampires still have this like sexy romantic ideal that zombies largely do not though there have been some attempts we can talk about zombies another day but (laughs) right Um, sexy zombies are another topic yeah um yeah i don't know um so let's see twilight yeah i think i think i think i think what's like interesting to me is like kind of like the versatility of the vampire metaphor right we we sort of we've covered a lot of ground very quickly um yeah. and, and not very thoroughly <laughs> yeah i mean this again this may be something we'll have to come back to or maybe you know we'll have something specifically we want to mm-hmm. look at in depth yeah absolutely um but it is sort of like yeah it is this like the luring stranger the luring like the fear of contagion the play it's like it's like it's interesting to always see vampires as like position opposite uh zombies like they're they're still like fundamentally kind of the same problem like you know if you get bit by a vampire you become a vampire what's the deal um but like it's also so much more calculated like vampires have a mind they can like plan they have like you know their spooky castle and like they're always rich Uh, (laughs) um versus yeah versus zombies which is a much more immediate like vampires is kind of like the reptilians of the of the supernatural world 
I almost, and I feel like this is something I should look into more because I almost wonder if it's like the historical periods that sort of resulted in these genres because I feel like it's true that vampires sort of came out of this uh, fear of the sort of invasion of the the foreigner but mm-hmm. like a particular kind of foreigner quote unquote mm-hmm. foreigner um, in, in Europe so like looking at uh, and I, I should say like often not a foreigner um, so like I mean <laughs> like uh, Eastern European people or Jewish people um, mm. who maybe have these associations of like both both like wealth and barbarism and also mm. like this sort of seducing away of the innocent English flower maidens um, <laughs> whereas uh, zombies have more to do like a, a vampire is kind of an individual entity where there's an understanding of it having um, maybe not like it's a monster but it's a monster that has um particular uh individualized attributes whereas like zombies it's a lot about them being a horde um and so i wonder if that sort of maybe came out of like um i don't know when do you think zombies sort of mid-century like uh cold war maybe fears maybe Um, i mean i I know that it like it peaked in like the late you know I want to say, yeah, like the early two thousands. Like there was a lot of like round, like Walking Dead was a big one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, but like, where did it? Like where, where, like when we started seeing it. So I'm thinking like Dracula is a, you know, nineteenth um, century novel, I believe. Uh-huh. Uh, um, and it sort of got these like gothic undertones and, or um, not undertones, overtones. Uh, a lot of fear of um in the way that like a lot of gothic literature of a lot of english gothic literature of the uh, 1800s was sort of about the fear of catholics um (laughs) like i i could see some of that potentially kind of in um the the sort of the origination of the vampire uh the western vampire myth um Mm -hmm. whereas i think zombies like you know what Dawn of the Dead was that sort of one of the first early zombie movies. I think so. And I think that was sort of like the fifties, maybe earlier, maybe later. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sort of up to <laughs> up to speed on my zombie, but I sort of wonder if there are sort of like fears about, um, you know, like Cold War fears, fears mm-hmm. of um, uh, sort of mass infiltration, uh, fears of the spreading of communism. Um, potentially like fears about like nuke nuclear um you know problems caused by sort of like nuclear waste and product and bombs mm-hmm. um right there's i there's, can kind of see that all kind of coalescing and then i think those those narratives have continued to ev- evolve and sort of with the times mm. yeah i think it's um i mean i think it's it's interesting like I definitely think vampires, like I said earlier, like the reptilians, uh, is sort of in the sense of like yeah, the the foreigner, and specifically like the rich and canny foreigner, um, who who's like you know, I think our woman is all like our woman, always always kind of a a worry, um, but it's interesting looking at that and like at more popular zombie narratives, which like doesn't even kind of dignify uh, foreigners with a like con like with a with a sapience i guess right um, exactly like for, for the the vampire of fear is like you know the vampire is patient has a lot of money is never you know up to no good uh and waiting to you know marry into the royal family or or what have you uh versus the zombie which is nearly always like especially now and i think it's it's interesting to look at like the the saturation of the zombie genre and kind of like we're in a lull right now um with like what is our what is our mythical beast du jour right like yeah i think that's right i think like um, we're... i don't think i don't think vampires are ever going away mm-hmm. um but i don't think they're not the hot thing like they were um zombies i think zombies have kind of run out of steam a little bit because um it's hard to get that excited about something that doesn't have uh sentience right or like doesn't have sort of interiority um and so there were sort of attempts 
to to sort of give zombies in interiority and those Mm -hmm. were really interesting um but i don't know I don't know. I mean, I feel like The Walking Dead is probably still the most popular zombie property right now, right? Right. It's, um, a, it's the most enduring. I mean, there's I Zombie, but I think oh, I think that oh, also true, true. Yeah, speaks I do to watch your that point. Show. Right, right. It speaks to your point though about interiority. Like there, yeah. there's a long period of like, you know, it's about you know how do we kill zombies? You know, everyone, everyone, like a bunch of people in my freshman dorm had like, they're sort of like, oh, we don't have like a you know like a plan for if an earthquake hits but we do have a plan if there's a zombie apocalypse um well and i think sort of bringing this back to to vampires what's what's interesting when we sort of think about those two things in conjunction is the way that there's sort of this like joking but not uh (laughs) sort of belief that like zombies are kind of possible or realistic there's something about the idea of the zombie that we've we've um sort of treated so much as as this sort of like medical disease-based um uh sort of fear that we can we can kind of believe it whereas (laughs) i think vampires um are still too too uh too magical or something there's mm-hmm. there's um I mean, there's I th- still I think... too much the stuff of uh of, of <laughs> romances and gothic horror right i think it's it's interesting why um you know no one has like a vampire plan uh but everyone i mean but like yeah i think like zombies for whatever reason i think maybe Maybe it speaks to, you know, Latin anti-immigration sentiment. Maybe it speaks to, like, the belief that you're a hero. Like, it's easier to see yourself maybe as, like, the person who was able to, you know, use a katana to, like, cut through eight zombies than, like, scale a wall in the middle of the day and stake a vampire in his coffin. Uh. Um, I think, no, I think that's that's a good point. And, I, I mean, I think I think you're, you're definitely onto something in the idea that... Um, the seeing seeing yourself as somebody who is fighting um a force of not not evil i guess what i'm saying Mm -hmm. is like zombies are not necessarily like demonic right Mm -hmm. they're they're understood in this other way that i think is a lot more um easily analogize to the way that uh uh people treat other people or see other groups of people um Mm -hmm. including like immigrants um and i don't know um or like another another good example would be like people you know people who actually do have infectious uh disease like for instance aids um hiv aids like is a common um zombie metaphor and that's kind of fucked up um oh are we cursing on the show we never really decided we can always bleep it out if we are we're um, cursing well okay. are we gonna bleep um but anyway whereas the, the vampire i don't know i i think that the vampire the vampire attracts as a sort of soul entity it's not a concept it's sort of like a again it's the individual um Mm -hmm. and i think there's something uh i was thinking i think the 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 sense of the vampire's um awareness but also its age is important too um and maybe this Mm -hmm. has to do with what's sort of the magical thing about them because part of what is always part of like a vampire story or vampire myth is sort of how old is the vampire that's sort of like a crucial component um if you've Mm -hmm. read or seen any of these things where um you know on on buffy her love interest angel is like 250 years old and she's like a high school student um and i think similarly twilight um and in a discovery of witches like the vampire in that is like thousands of years old i think um and the 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 fact of these vampires sort of like having gone through lived through um these like moments in history is like a really essential part of their 
I don't know, allure or their, mm-hmm. their sort of, um, I think, and of our ability to sort of see them as complex. Um, I mean, often I think in a way that is not good uh, in True Blood, um, as well as in, well, okay, in True Blood, uh, do you know True Blood at all? Nope, nope, nope. Okay, True Blood was a Showtime, I think a Showtime, maybe HBO show that um, was about uh, vampires were real. But the government uh, developed, like, basically fake blood for them to drink so that they could, like, exist in society called True Blood. Um, and uh, the sort of main... <laughs> oh, my God. That's where it comes from. Uh, the oh, main, my the God. The main romantic lead in that, uh, I don't know how old he is, but he's, like, an older vampire. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was... Oh, no, I do know, because he was around... He was a slave-owning, like plantation owner in the civil war times uh and like that's kind of just a thing and i don't know i didn't finish true blood maybe they got into how that's like super super fucked up but um Mm -hmm. it's just kind of it's kind of there i mean similarly on the vampire diaries the two they're sort of two brothers they're both the romantic you know interest of the the main girl Mm-hmm. And they were both, I think, Confederate soldiers. Um, it's weird. Weird, and it's it's like upsetting. And there's something about sort of the the magic and the ancientness that we're supposed to sort of like allow this to just be sort of oh, this is like part of their their rich and complex history. They're also like, you know, they've also went through these periods of time where they were like brutal blood-sucking killers. So like, should we really hold it against them that they were like pro-slavery or also slave owners? owners. Uh, And I'm like, yeah, like I'm more inclined to hold that against them to be honest, than than the whole blood-sucking thing. They maybe can't help that. Uh, Mm. (laughs) um, So I don't know where I was going with this. But I mean, like, okay, it's like the age of vampires. It's like you know, you don't like a twenty-year-old vampire. It's all—it's not necessarily has the same cachet as this. I don't know. I marched in the Civil War. I fought in World War Two. I'm like extremely traumatized. Yeah. Sorry, I have a great example. (laughs) What we do in the shadows, right? Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Plays with this exact joke. by having a brand new vampire living with a bunch of sort of ancient vampires in this sort of like mm-hmm. parodic uh, mockumentary style. Right, yeah. Um, that was, it's a great, what we do in the shadows is incredible. It's I, so funny. It's extremely funny. Um, yeah, and I think it's a good send up of a lot of sort of the, the uh, vampire jokes and vampire mystique Mystique, yeah exactly yeah yeah it's (laughs) um right there's a whole um you have to you have to invite a vampire into your house thing right yeah yeah uh there's 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 a there's a number of things there that are that are pretty funny um Uh, oh i did want to go back okay so i i had in my notes i did want to go back and talk about uh true blood just a little bit more because true blood did something that i think is part of a pretty popular trend. I think we'll do a whole episode about this, but I just kind of want to flag it, um, which is using uh, using sort of monstrousness as a metaphor for um, otherness, and in particular, I think in this case, I would say like sexuality difference, um, because there's a very famous uh, bit in the opening. It's one of the best by which I mean most atmospheric and interesting um, opening uh, Mm -hmm. sequences I've ever seen. I really do recommend watching it on YouTube if you have never seen it. Um, Uh But there's a sign where it shows like a little, um, you know, one of those, uh, oh, um, I'm going to show my uh, ignorance, the the little like things outside of a church that signs like this, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, right, right, right. You know what I mean? Like the signs outside of a church that they put up sayings on it and it says, uh, God hates fangs. Uh-huh. Um, mm. So obviously sort of trying to make this uh, parallel between homophobia and, like, this, like, very violent fear of vampires. Um, but, uh, like, spoiler alert, in True Blood, a lot of the vampires are, like, very dangerous, 
monsters who do kill people. So it's a little bit of a false equivalence. Um, <laughs> and I think you see that a lot. And I think like there's there's something to be said for it. Like I think there's a lot of um, within the uh, LGBTQ community, like there's a lot of identification with kind of monster narratives for a variety of reasons. Um, mm-hmm. And this is how we get things like the Babadook is a <laughs> is a, a gay symbol, um, but I think like who is who is telling the story, who is um, making those sort of uh, equivalences matters. And in True Blood, it was it definitely was uh, not super super well handled from what I saw. Um, caveat I stopped after two seasons because it got pretty bad <laughs> um no do you wanna sucking sucking I don't know I mean sucking blood oh my gosh come it's on okay no 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 look no, no I'm, not, I'm not going there I'm just saying uh, we're... <laughs> I think that might happen in uh what no what I feel ha- like that happens in something I've read I think in an Anne Rice novel, uh-huh. a vampire is like sucking blood from a dick. That sounds extremely painful. Yeah, I don't think it was good. I don't it know. Was... <laughs> I shouldn't have read that. I was probably like fourteen. I was like Anne Rice. What the hell? What the hell? Actually, I think like when. Okay, so okay, not not okay. We're we're gonna we're gonna take a okay. This is a, a hard left. Uh, not safe for work break. I think. <laughs> No, okay, well, wait. But, like, okay, no. the whole the whole thing that makes you erect is blood. Yes. So wouldn't that... It was a sexual thing in the book. Be like it a... was definitely a sexual thing in the book. Right. Like, there's an upstream-downstream problem. Like, <laughs> okay, look. Okay, I don't know. Whatever. I don't know. <laughs> Complain to Anne Rice. <laughs> well, Although, don't, because no, no. she will attack you. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to write to Mythbusters and ask them if they can do an episode on this. Do a Mythbusters. Can a... Oh, Wait, sorry. <laughs> this actually reminds me. One of uh-huh. the things from uh, A Discovery of Witches that felt like it was kind of uh, speaking back to something from Twilight mm-hmm. was that in Twilight, I feel like there's a moment, or at least there was a moment where uh, oh, wait. a lot of readers thought about, like, does he know when she's on her period? Is he, uh-huh. like, does he want to drink her blood when she's on her period? Or, you know... And uh-huh. literally that question comes up in A Discovery of Witches, where the, the witch is like, so uh, when I'm when I'm on my period, are you, like, extra wanting to eat me? And it's weird, though, because the vampire's just like, no, it's different. It's different blood. It's different blood. It's different blood. Oh, no, it's the same blood. Oh, it's I guess just, it's not the same blood. I mean, blood. it's, like, with other things, I guess. But anyway, I was like, wow, okay, so. <laughs> Questions? Wait, no. Wasn't Twilight the one where they said, like, the guy, like, does they they only have blood? They don't have like other bodily fluids, so like he would ejaculate blood. Whoa, no, I don't remember that. That's not it. Okay, well, that would be quite a damper if someone wasn't expecting it. Holy crap! No. Well, actually, uh, sorry, I was like, hey, do you need do you need to go see a doctor or something? Or <laughs> I was like, no, no, this is this is normal. It's it's normal. Um, uh, I mean, I feel like this is this is the question in so many vampire things, right? It's like okay, because in Twilight, uh-huh. spoiler alert. He gets her pregnant. How? I don't know. Never really explained. Um, in uh, in a discovery of witches, they sort of try to deal with this by arguing that there's like genetic compatibility. Um, as far as I've read, no one's gotten pregnant, but I feel like it's going to happen. Um, mm-hmm. But then you also get uh, sort of the classic, uh, I don't know, fallacy or whatever in, in Buffy where... Um, vampires talk all the time about how they don't breathe, they don't have breath, but they're constantly breathing, like, because they're <laughs> actors, living human actors who are, like, you know, running <laughs> around and actors. panting and stuff, but they're like, oh, yeah, we don't, they're smoking, they're smoking all the time. Uh, okay, but it's, it's, they're smoking, they just need that sweet nicotine. Yeah. Like, I mean, I guess breathe. what I'm saying is, like, like they don't have to breathe, but they can, they do it out of habit, and there, there are, like, explanations, but I think there's a lot, like, you know, how, how does a vampire's physiology work? Uh, it's... Right. I mean, and I think this is a part where like it just breaks down. You're like, okay, like I understand it's magic. I get it, but but like how? How? Okay, but Please like explain. Um... But the, my pressing question. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, okay, so so have yeah. we just have we decided what uh what you know mental whatever <laughs> vampires represent, or are you just gonna what are men- are you just what do you mean what mental like like what kind of like like you know societal preoccupations vampires represent? I mean, I think it's a lot of things. I think it depends also in the genre. I think for uh, in paranormal romance, I think it Mm. has to do with, I think you're right, like female um, control over a sort of violent masculine narrative of romance. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that's for better or for worse kind of what it is. I think it's um, trying to, to... to work through these sort of narratives of what romance looks like to make Mm. it. I think, I think there's something, I don't want to say empowering. That's definitely not the word I mean, but I think there's something um, comforting Mm -hmm. maybe when it shouldn't be in the, in, in telling a story about someone who can hurt you who mm-hmm. is, is, a, is, a, is a man who can hurt you, who maybe wants to hurt you at times, but who, like, sort of as the ultimate love goes, never will. Who will mm-hmm. always hold back, always keep from from actually hurting you. Um, I think there's sort of a... Think, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I was just going to say, it, it reminds me of um, 100,000 Kingdoms, that first book, right? Where she's like sees Nahadoth, and there's that point. Do you remember this? No, you're going to have to remind me. Okay, okay, where where basically, like, um, they have these, like, gods that are are enslaved uh, via whatever. So there's one of them, one of them, I just, you know. Yeah, yeah, for the the readers, Uh, for for the listeners. For the listeners. Um, So there's, so obviously, like, they kind of take the advantage, like, misinterpret orders or whatever to to kill their their captors. And there's this point where the main character is like kind of kind of like getting feelings for Nahadoth and she's having sex with them and she wants to say, you know, do with me what you will, but every time anyone said that to him, he's, you know, takes as an invitation to just like kill the other person mm-hmm. because um but he doesn't in that case and it's like a very you know, after like some intense kinky sex or something, she's still alive. Um, but I think so. Which I think. Oh some... yeah, I do remember. I really didn't like the sex scenes in that book. I remember that now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But, but yeah, um... I do recall that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um... <laughs> but you no, no, no. I think I think you're right. Sorry. Continue what you're saying. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. I mean that. I mean that's sort of it. It's sort of like we're we're talking to that specific um, someone who can who has the power to hurt you, and who does not exercise it. Unlike you know, unlike the realization that that's never impossible i guess it's it's never it's not something anyone can put aside uh, right. or any man can kind of like truly put aside um like the access to privilege or to the power structures right um and i think the, the vampire sort of works to really highlight um it's not just that a man chooses to be gentle but it's that a man constantly demonstrates his strength often Mm -hmm. his protectiveness uh his uh uh possessiveness um these really like what can be uh pretty abusive traits but it constantly um sort Mm -hmm. of demonstrates them in order to create the bigger um sense of difference when he's incredibly gentle and doesn't choose to hurt the the heroine though he has the power to and um sometimes the the sort of motive to or whatever um mm-hmm. yeah it's kind of it's it's not i i mean i understand why people were concerned about twilight like i do <laughs> um i don't necessarily think a lot of the conversations around it were productive but i think it's worth sort of interrogating like why are mm-hmm. these why are these the romantic fantasies that we're telling ourselves and telling you know telling little girls and telling um telling each other because uh it's it it's 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 disturbing at times if you kind of dig in but that doesn't make it not compelling and not entertaining also so it's kind of a hard Mm -hmm. hard mix um yeah no absolutely i think 
I mean, I think it's... It just speaks to the... I don't know. I, th I mean, I think I think I'm I'm really glad you're elaborating upon my point because it's it's not just um, choosing not to, but repeatedly choosing not to. At least you know in the context of uh, of, of romance, you know, it's like the the thirst. I always feel it. Mm -hmm. um, and right, you know, I mean, that's... it's it's the constant like. I mean, it's a weird it's a weird way to view men almost as like men are vampires. Men are constantly tempted to to hurt you to kill you but uh but like because they love you they won't they'll resist mm -hmm. uh, a little terrifying actually now that i'm saying it out loud <laughs> um i don't know and it's interesting i guess going back sort of to my starting point to buffy like mm -hmm. i think the thing about buffy um not that it didn't do these things it absolutely did but i think you know the sort of like fundamental basic idea of buffy was that she was the vampire slayer she uh she is sort of meant to inherently be an equal to a vampire mm -hmm. um they have different strengths and different powers but like she is sort of a vampire is kind of meant to be her equal all the time she tries to date uh human men they like they, they kind of suck because they're like oh <laughs> buffy is so strong i can't handle this because she's too strong <laughs> uh, uh -huh. so like I think there there's a there's something in that that I don't know that I've seen as often replicated. I think you you don't see the um, the vampire sort of is meant as the equal rather than the um, sort of stronger, superior, more powerful mm -hmm. one in the relationship. Again, not that Buffy always did that because ultimately she was a. 16 17 year old girl and her love interests were like 300 year old vampires but hey close enough close enough <laughs> yeah all right anyway. i think this this continues yeah. this like this is like part one of i'm sure many yeah we've vampire related vampire and uh it seems like we've definitely got a zombie episode in us and uh i definitely want to talk about episode? werewolves at some point i of love course. werewolves yeah. And then, so. of course, then then it is then it is the mummy episode and the banshee episode sort of coming up after up up, <laughs> up on that you know speaking to our fear that someone will howl outside our house and then someone will die the very next day. Did you ever see that Disney Channel movie where there's a mummy and he was like I think it's called Under Wraps and they had to oh like God. keep him under under wraps. Okay, anyway. <laughs> No, I mean, did it have? Did, did this mummy have a human face? I don't know. I think he was just like constantly in the wrapped up, and they were like having to pretend they like put him in costumes and stuff. I don't know. I don't really remember it. This sounds like this sounds like a sitcom episode. It I mean, it like was something a, that it was a Disney Channel movie. It was not right. Like... Right. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's like it's like it's like one joke. You got maybe like ten minutes of material in it. Let's spread it to an hour and a half. Let's let's just. Yeah, uh, that's that's an interesting one. <laughs> All right. Anyway, we should uh, do recommendations quickly. Quickly wrap up. Yeah, recommendations. I mean, we don't, have to, we don't have to rush. We can have a longer episode. It's okay. But yeah, okay, that's true. Um, I, I'm going to say it feels like we had less filler this time, uh, or at least less filler in the sense that I'm just like cutting out seconds of me going um, um like. Mm. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I think. Um, Oh man, I'm sorry, Molly, for like constantly dating this podcast so strongly. But I did read the Comey testimony, um, and that was interesting. I'm reading a current book called Chronicles of, actually no, it's like the Murderbot Chronicles um, by Martha Wells, I think, which I picked up because I really liked one of her books when I was a kid. Like when you're a kid, and I was just like exploring the science fiction section. I just, like, pull out anything that looked kind of interesting. I remember her book, like, Tower of Bones, I believe, being, like, pretty good. Um, so I'm trying it out. And I think it's interesting. I'll have to double check, because I, but I believe it was, like, people were noting it because it had a kind of, like, non, like, a, like a neuroatypical or neurodivergent um, narrator protagonist. Uh, which, you know, I don't know. I mean, I'll, I'm going to recommend it to Andy, um, because I think okay. they, they might enjoy it. But those are, like, kind of the two things on my mind. Uh how about you? I honestly have not been uh, 
reading that much or watching that much. I don't know what I've been doing with my time. Um, I'm reading, I might have said this before last time, I'm reading uh, The Turner House by Angela Flournoy, mm-hmm. um, which I'm, I'm liking quite a bit. I'm sort of moving slowly on it. Um, I have, uh, I'm watching The Bachelorette every week, mm-hmm. every week obsessed with it every monday so okay how many people are left at this point how, it's like, i have it's no like... idea it's still way too many okay, it started so with it... 31 men and oh, now it's man. down to like maybe 18 do maybe they do what 15 is it one person per week no or... at they the beginning like... they do they cut a bunch at a time mm-hmm. um so yeah i until there's like 10 of them left i can't there are like a few people I can keep straight and the rest I'm like I don't know who you, like literally people show up and be like who is this who is this I don't I don't I always wonder like how it must feel to kind of make it like like first you're like oh my god I'm going to be on the bachelorette or bachelor and you're like you're cut the first episode like you're you're like one of the faceless 31 I know it 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 does suck but you do always have a chance that they'll bring you back for bachelor in paradise where you get to hang out on like a Mexican beach and just like drink what, even if you're one of the first people cut mm-hmm. they, for being too boring? They sometimes bring back... It's not always for being too boring. Basically, if okay. you're very attractive, they might bring you back. <laughs> oh, I mean, that's fair. Uh, um, oh, I did read this article, which was interesting, talking about how um, how just sort of in movies, like, men are becoming, like, way too fit for their roles. Like, mm. everyone has a six-pack. Everyone's kind of these, like, ridiculously swole. I'm not sure if I... I mean, I don't pay attention um, at all to movies, really. Uh, but it seems plausible. Like, you know, everyone's, like, extremely jacked, extremely cut. Well, I feel like you um, can... I mean, I'm not the first person to say this, but, like, you know, compare Wolverine in the first X-Men movie to Wolverine in maybe not Logan, but in, like, the... I don't know what he looks like in Logan. Yeah. I haven't seen it yet. I heard it was really good. Um, uh-huh. But in, like, you know, the, the Wolverine movies where he's, like, three times bigger and has, like, uh, arms as big as, like... Your neck. Yeah, and just, like, I mean... He's huge. <laughs> uh, right. Whereas, like, think... you know, in the first one, it's like, he's muscly. Like, he looks yeah. fit. <laughs> right. Yeah, I think it was it was interesting talking about... Um... Oh, no, I think it was, it was talking about kind of you feel... Like, part of it was, like, the weight loss thing. Like, you feel skeet. Like, men or women or people in general feel sketchy talking about, like, oh, look at how much weight this person has lost. But I feel less so when they're like, oh, look at this guy. He's gotten, like, so fit. It was, it was referencing, mm-hmm. like, one of... Um, uh, Aziz's and Jari's and Aziz and Sari. Yes. Uh, like I forget, like chubby cousin who apparently got like super fit or something on Master oh. of None. Um, and also just sort of like mulling over, just like unrealistic body standards and yeah, I don't know. I mean, I okay. I was gonna say daily. That's definitely an exaggeration. But like, I <sighs> I I miss when Chris Pratt was like. A chubby funny guy like <laughs> i really do like on parks and rec and now he's like mm-hmm. i'm super fit i'm super generic handsome look at me star lord in space kicking uh-huh. ass uh kicking ass and taking abs taking abs and um taking abs yeah no. okay um i'm trying to think if there's anything else Oh, and there are only, like, uh, three or four episodes of Pretty Little Liars left. So, basically, that's what I'm living for. Ever? Ever. Wow. Um, they, they have to be, like, tying up loose ends, though, right? If there's only four episodes left. It's, it's, it's been on air for, like, an, a year. Not a year. That's been, extremely this, this short is, amount of time. This is season seven. For... <laughs> uh, um... Yeah, I'm hoping they'll tie... They're, they're tying up some loose ends. So far, not really, but they're tying mm-hmm. up some, like, emotional and romantic loose ends at this point. Kind of annoyingly, but they are. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. But hopefully we'll get some... I don't even want to say answers, because expecting, like, capital A huh, answers from Pretty Little Liars <laughs> is maybe, like, a bit much. A but uh, game. Uh, But, like... You know, some something satisfying. Um, yeah, it's it's a show I will definitely talk about at length uh, when we do our Dead Girl episode because mm-hmm. I feel like the, it's okay. it's such the, an important the Pretty Little Liars episode contribution to the genre. Uh, 
and so weird and so bad Wait, at times. Wait, is her dad continuing to watch it? Yeah, so I got my dad on Pretty Little Liars. Um, he watched Riverdale, and he was like, this was really fun and stupid. I was like, oh, if you like that, you should watch Pretty Little Liars. Because um, I think Pretty Little Liars is way better than Riverdale. Um, mm-hmm. But he hasn't been liking it as much, and he was just about to finish. He's been texting me about it. Um and he's he's about to finish the first season. I have a sense he may just kind of stop after that, which is too bad. Um, mm-hmm. But luckily, all of his character opinions were completely correct. He hated all the right people, and he <laughs> liked all the right people. So, <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> he just didn't... I don't know. He just didn't get into it. Um, I don't know. Mm-hmm. He He's so weird to me. He watched Pretty Little Liars, the Pretty Little Liars spinoff that lasted like one season, which was called Ravenswood. Ravenswood. And he was obsessed with it. And I was like, watch Pretty Little Liars. He's like, no. And then, okay, this also happened. I was watching The Vampire Diaries, and he was making fun of me. And then I found out that he watched the originals, The Vampire Diaries spinoff. And I was like, <laughs> what the f- What the fuck, man? Come on. Come on. You're watching, like, the worst version. I don't, like, don't want to be like, hey, the originals are, like, female-centric, and then the spinoffs are male-centric. Not saying that has anything to do with it, Dad, but... When you said the originals, I thought you meant, you know, the show, oh. the originals. It's hard... Yeah. No, sorry. The television I, I got you. show is called I got you. The Originals. I got They're, you. It's about the original vampires. I don't right, remember what okay. the... Yeah. I, I think the original vampires in the Vampire Diaries were made from magic. So... Hmm. But they do have a thing in that where if you kill... In original, you kill every vampire in his line. Dang. So, like, every vampire who descended from that vampire dies, which is pretty intense. Okay, yeah. there's your last vampire fact. <laughs> okay. Fact. fact. Um, killing a vampire. <laughs> killing an original vampire will kill his entire line. <laughs> so make sure you're okay with that on your conscience. Uh, all right, we should we should wrap up. Okay, right, okay. Um, all right. Okay, well, uh, oh, wait, no, we have some, some business. I want to start doing this. Um, one, oh. you should, okay, a couple things. One, uh, as may or may not be obvious at this point, we're airing these episodes quite a bit later than when we recorded them um, for a couple different reasons, but eventually we'll sort of be more, having more um, uh, regular like updates that are... Uh, <laughs> current um <laughs> so that's just one thing to note uh two you should follow us on twitter um we're at story guts cast um you can also follow our individual twitters which are listed there you can give yours if you want but um yeah i don't know if it will, mine will change but yeah okay. just just look at look mine in the might profile change as well so look in the look in the story guts cast uh profile and um yeah that's that's it. Feel free to use the Smart. hashtag or anything like that. Hashtag story guts. We're, uh, we're not searching this hashtag. It's very likely we'll just use a hashtag and we'll just never see it. So maybe I'll, we should just... I'll add. search it. Maybe. Oh, okay. I mean, obviously I'm not now because nobody even knows we're doing this. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> okay. So anyway, that's some housekeeping stuff. And all right. So until next time, um, I'm Molly Curran. And I'm Alice Lai. And stay, stay hungry. hungry. Yeah, all right. <laughs> wow.